1: This
2: program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded.
3: Pure Bowl Beef Jerky wants to thank everyone for the overwhelming response to our favorite bag of beef jerky, Huck and Fog. Have you tried it? Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see cherry-smoked chipotle, cranberry smokehouse turkey, aloha pineapple, and yes, our favorite and your favorite, Huck and Fot. Go to
2: Steersnacks.com. This is Women to Watch. I don't think you can truly change for the better in a lasting, meaningful way. Unless it is driven by self acceptance.
4: Women to watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Be inspired by women from
3: across the globe. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given.
5: Who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams? What I know to be true is that women were always meant to lead. And by shining a light on those doing it well today, my hope is that more women will find their own voice. Now,
4: here's the owner, founder, and host of Women To Watch, Sue Rocco.
5: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women To Watch. I'm Sue Rocco, and it's always great to be here with all of you. Uh, A quick reminder before we get started to stay with us during the breaks, where you'll hear from our exclusive watch team of women leaders who bring us news and education from their industries. And we are eternally grateful for their partnership. If you're interested in being a part of our WATCH team, feel free to visit our website and download our partner page at womentowatch.net to learn more. And be sure to download the podcast and sign up for our newsletter as well so you never miss a show. So now I'm very excited and honored to welcome to the show this evening, Lydia Rosati. Lydia is joining us from London, beautiful London, and Lydia is the CEO of Momentum Strategies Coaching and Training. Lydia, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. And thank you for joining us from London, a little bit far away from Philadelphia.
6: It is, just a little bit. A little
5: bit. So I wanted to start with um, a a question for you that I think is a question you probably use often with your own clients. Because when I look at your work, um, something you, you come back to over and over again is trying to help people connect to themselves, right? That original person that they are. So I wanted to know, when was it in your journey that you connected to yourself and discovered what that purpose was in your life?
6: Um, Unconsciously, when I was two and a half years old, uh, when I had um, um, a a very high fever that resulted in a, a febrile seizure, and I lost consciousness for a while, and I was fighting for my life. I didn't know that, you know, that I was doing that um and i did i survived and i f- i i feel that the the impulse what was going on then at that very moment kind of brought me back to me and connected me to me and kept me going for for up until now up until the age of 50 that i am now um and if i If I look back and think, and I've been thinking about the importance of being connected and not connected in in the sense that we are connected in this day and age, you know, digitally, we are all connected. Yes. Yet, yet, um, um, a lot of people fail to connect on a deeper level, on the level that is their heart, that is their mind, that's their soul, the level... That actually helps them lead with um, self-awareness, with integrity, with confidence—a level that um, that allows them that allows them to be. But when I say to be, I don't I, I don't mean in the sense of diluted New Age love light namaste I mean fully be, like owning yourself, owning all of you, owning who you are. And this is actually very important for, it's it's important for both men and women, regardless of whether they they lead their own business or their small business or a big business or their teams, or whether they are, I don't know, not leading anything, just living their lives, just Mm. really being fully connected. Owning owning who you are, knowing who you are, uh, knowing what matters to you, knowing what, um, knowing why you are why you are here for, and that can only really be done, I believe, and it has proven in my experience and in my work, um, by by really by by first stopping and asking yourself some really really important <laughs> questions. Asking yourself, why am I here? What what do I stand for? Because oftentimes we know what we stand for, but what we stand for, we don't actually show up for. And if you don't show up fully for what you stand up, so stand for, there is always an area that shows a disconnect. And so, so... Connecting fully and, and acting from, from the, the sense of you, the sense of uh who you are, who you are really fully in your heart of hearts is, is really, it, it's, it probably is the most important thing. And one um one other important thing is to really to heal, to deal with demons, to deal with all that that triggers us all that uh, oftentimes oftentimes you know we hear about um, um, people being triggered, people being uh, annoyed, people being whatever words they use um, these oftentimes happen when we really have got parts in ourselves that are not healed so mm-hmm. we, We go and we lead or, you know, oftentimes you see people who go and lead and yet whatever it is or the way they lead, the way they go about their lives, the way they empower people, in inverted commas, actually comes from a place of fear. It oftentimes comes from a place of something that is not healed. It comes from a place of um, an open wound rather than a scar. Because, you know, when the scar, when when you have a scar, it, it oftentimes me- means that you have done something with it. You have applied something, you've healed it. So the scar remains as a reminder of what you have gone through, what you have learned, the lessons, the, the hardship, the, um, the struggle, uh, the pain, and you you have picked up the lessons. So it it really serves as a reminder of what you've gone through and where you are now. Oftentimes, in this day and age, what I often see is people acting from wounds that are kind of, that are a little bit patched, but not really healed. And those wounds go with like, oh, I'm confident. And they show us like, kind of confident or, oh, I know what I want. That's why I'm like easily triggered or I have standards. That may be the case, but I have a sneaky feeling that those triggers and standards are really a cute word for something that's waiting to be healed because I don't believe that we can be grown-up people, and still leading teams oftentimes, and still allowing ourselves to get easily triggered, to get annoyed, to to cancel everything and any, every, everyone and anyone who is not agreeing with us. Mm. And I, I do really believe that that connecting healing and acting really, unless you connect and unless you heal, nothing much can happen I think you know it really is just playing in the shallow waters Mm. you know
5: um Lydia we're going to go into our first break when we want to come back I want you to share with our listeners um something from your own life that you had to heal from that allowed you to be living fully yourself stay with us for our watch team with Jen Walter and we'll be right back with Lydia Rosati
4: women to watch
3: Hey, everybody, this is Dr. Jen Welter, and you are listening to Sports Watch. It's about focusing on what's in your control. can't always control the outcome, right? That's, That's not in our control. You can't control the weather. You can't control the calls of the rest. You can't control a lot of things. But what you can control is the intention that you take into every situation, that's true. If the why is right, the outcome is not fully under your control. But when you had a good reason, you can always go back to it and you can build on the things that may not have gone right, right? Like in your execution, you can get better about X, Y, and Z. But if you don't have a core, then when things go wrong, you always lose your way. And you don't have something to go back to and say, you know what? This is who we are. This is how we play. This is how we fight. And we're going to, you know, we're going to play go for it football, or we're going to go for a first down that we may not get. You have to know that there's a may not get it if you go for it. And yet when you have that core reason that you can go back to, there's always something to build from as you go forward. Follow me and all my adventures, or you could say misadventures, on Welter47 on Instagram or at J Welter47 on Twitter.
4: This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, Talk Radio
6: 1210, WPHT.
5: Welcome back to the show. I'm joined this evening by Lydia Rosati. Lydia is joining us from London and she is the CEO of Momentum Strategies Coaching and Training. Um, And if you're just tuning in, a lot of the work that Lydia does is with leaders from around the world, executives, uh, people in business. And I I would say that you have a a unique approach um, to your work, Lydia. And I think of course, it stems from your own personal journey, and I wonder if you can share with the listeners um, a little bit about what it is you've had to heal from in your own life that has taught you that lesson.
6: Um, there were many things. It was never one thing to heal. Uh, but I'll start from my, corporate, from my days in the corporate world, uh, where I... Uh, struggled with really heavy panic attacks and being um, an alpha female and a high achiever and go, go, go kind of woman. I never really accepted the fact that I had panic attacks because panic attacks in my then model of the world. And the onus here is on then because it is distant past. Um, was that panic attack is for weak people. It is for losers. And that's not who I am. I achieve. I'm not ill. I go, go, go. I get up at five o'clock. I go to the gym. I do my hour of running and then I go to work. And then in the evening, I go to the gym again because this is basically how I was programmed. This is how I could, it was the only way I could function. And then I, you know, the, the panic attacks continued and I ignored them. Uh, And I found a million and one excuse as to why I had panic attacks. It was, oh, maybe I ran too much this morning. Maybe I didn't have enough to eat. My blood sugar level was down. I was run down. It's the weather. It's the moon. uh, It's the climate. It's like, you name it, I had it as a very valuable and totally valid excuse And I never shared my panic attacks with anyone. And then panic attacks became almost paralyzing to the point that I couldn't get on the metro to go to work. I had to take a taxi to take me to work and a taxi to take me back. I started, panic attacks were so strong that I honestly felt as if Every minute, they would come because it was something I couldn't control. I was dying. I was close to death. I was breathing super fast. I was sweating. I mm. felt I was going to lose consciousness any minute. Um, and then I started exploring. I started. I didn't want to go and see a specialist. I just, you know, wanted <clears throat> to heal that myself. I wanted to find the solution by myself. So I looked and I found. Um, In those days, we had CDs with guided meditations, with guided hypnosis, with guided self-help for panic attacks, and um, I did that. I listened to those CDs, and they somehow helped me. And I managed to deal with them, but I just patched the thing. I patched what was on the surface. I didn't really go and dig deep. Because the panic attacks came back and they came back in full swing. And I knew that something, I had to do something. There was something deeper here, and there was something that I couldn't really ignore anymore. So I signed up for Tony Robbins' training, and I did, you know, I did all of his mastery university, and that has actually helped me quite a lot um, to deal with whatever it is that was that was going on with me. Even though while I was attending those seminars, I had no idea what was going on. It was just a lot of loud music, a lot of noise, a lot of distraction. I was outside of my everyday uh, environment, like everyday work. And uh, it felt okay. It felt good. Panic attacks came back because whatever I have experienced during those seminars, who were amazing, that were amazing, by the way, it's just that the level of change that you experience there is not—it's not one-on-one. It's not individual. It doesn't really go deep. So panic attacks came back. It's and then I had temporary, to, right? It's, it's very temporary. Temporary.
5: It's not sustainable for
6: exactly. And yep. I was really looking forward, i was really looking for something that really is uh, attainable and long-term sustainable, Mm -hmm. I was tired of like having to go back and patch things up because every time I went, uh, it was another expense, it was another time off work, it was another something, 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 and it didn't really, um, I always felt okay-ish, but I never felt in my prime, like how, how I'm feeling now or how I felt even, you know, even in those days. This was 2004, 2005. And so I started exploring and I started, I started, I found the teachers and I, I really searched far and wide. I went all the way to Japan. I went to America. uh, I explored and I found amazing teachers and I retrained. I decided that maybe I shouldn't be working in the bank anymore. My soul wanted something bigger. I was ready for something bigger. And those panic attacks were really just a little bit of a soul knocking on my heart and my mind saying, time to go, time to move, time to expand. And to cut the long story, medium, I retrained, I healed. I worked, I did a lot of deep inner work that wasn't always pleasant. It takes time to heal. Healing doesn't happen in a weekend. It does not happen, uh, you know, on an online seminar, and it definitely does not happen in a seven-day intensive I can change your life course, you know. It really, courses are important, that is, you know, that, that stands. However, what is even more important is that you know what you're getting and also that you are willing and ready to apply the learnings. Oftentimes we want to apply the learning. We want to go and, and heal ourselves and help ourselves, but we are not always ready. And when you get the right teacher, the right healing tools and methods, the right therapies, the right analyst, whatever it is that you go about you know, finding and getting and choosing to be your, your tool to work with to heal, and the time the moment that you are ready when those two collide then you have this you know you have fireworks yeah
5: it, would you say, it's amazing to me i think so often people when people are searching for that contentment that peace of mind they go to different places different countries different cities when the truth is what you really need is just to be sitting with yourself. Yes. Right? You don't have to go somewhere else to find it. it, no. it it's tuning out the noise around you wherever you are. And it is and tapping into that to that inner voice that you that you spoke about.
6: Yes, that is super true. Because you know, whatever it is that we are looking for and searching for. Is really buried deep inside of us. And as you said it, the moment you silence the noise and allow yourself to just be to sit and not run away, because in this day and age it's very easy to run away from anything. Because if you don't feel well, you know, there is always something that you can you can go to you can hide behind or find a quick cure you know you've got a recorded meditation or you've got a quick online course or you've got instagram live or you've got a lovely podcast these are all beautiful things and they all they all help you know they're like their sides but they're not the main course
5: right right do you know um, what i mean so, we're, yeah. yes we're going to stop there for, for for just a moment we're going to go into our next yeah. break and uh we'll continue our conversation with-
3: With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24 7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quitgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
5: With Lydia Rosati, stay with us for our Military Watch with Carol Eggert of Comcast, and we'll be right back.
4: Now, the women to watch Military Watch.
2: In 1781, James Fortin, a free black man, watched black and native soldiers from the 1st Rhode Island Regiment march through Philadelphia. The young man gazes upon a scene swelling with contradictions, but great possibilities. Hi, I'm Carol Egger, Senior Vice President of Military Affairs at Comcast, NBCUniversal. Fortin would later describe this Continental Army column as the bravest men as ever fought and the inspiration for his service as a privateer and his fight against the British. After the war, Fortin became a highly successful businessman and a prominent abolitionist, using his social and political influence to continue our young nation's march towards equality. Fortin's story and others from people of African descent is now on display at the Museum of the American Revolution right here in Philadelphia. Part of the museum's Diversity Living History Initiative, its exhibits, live and virtual performances, and other experiences bring to life the stories that have so often gone untold. Comcast NBC Universal proudly supports the museum's efforts to elevate black voices, inspire others, and make our community stronger through learning and understanding. As the museum's president, Dr. Scott Stevenson said, Inclusive history is the most accurate history. To learn more about the museum's incredible work, go to the amerrevmuseum.org. That's amrevmuseum.org. That's A-M-R-E-V museum.org.
4: You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT.
5: Welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. I wanted to start this this next segment with a quote, Lydia. Um, you said, the world is my playground and my mission is to leave a legacy of wealthy, aligned women globally who who value realness and who hustle gently. You know, when I first of all, I love that, that, you know, I think women um, often have a little bit of guilt around the word wealth and, and having that be uh, a goal to be wealthy when we know it, it only allows us to do more. Yes. Um, but I wanted you to define for me, what, what does it mean to hustle gently? What do you mean when you
6: describe it that way? It means to really set an intention to have your vision and to silence everything from the outside that is absolutely not aligned and has nothing to do with where you are going. This doesn't mean uh, being completely arrogant and disrespecting anyone and everyone who comes and offers um, um, a a word of wisdom, but really being very discerning and being very choosy who you get the, the advice the information the opinion the guidance from focusing and staying in your lane just staying and going forward when i say hustle gently again people often think oh this probably means i need to close my eyes just visualize and meditate and chant and things will miraculously happen (laughs) absolutely not no (laughs) you hustle gently by not forcing things, by not forcing the outcomes, by not copying and pasting someone else's idea, by not copying and pasting someone else's wealth goal, by not copying and pasting someone else's idea of success, Mm -hmm. but really clearly defining who you are, why you are here, what you want, what brings you joy, how you want to create and construct your life, and then go forward. Um, I wanted to talk about, you You co-authored a book, uh, yeah. 50
5: Inspiring Voices of Migrant Women um, from Struggle to Success. Yeah. First of all, w- did you have any aha moments yourself during that process?
6: I had many moments. Uh, I, I have a lot of moments. I, I write daily. I write every day. And most aha moments... I actually got whilst preparing for what I was about to write. Because, you know, you kind of, you start thinking because there are always lots of struggles in life and there are always lots of successes. The thing is, when you reach, when you get the success, you kind of often forget about the struggle because you take the struggle as a lesson, as a learning. So success always outweighs the struggle. I mean, you don't necessarily forget it, it's there, but success is what takes what takes the place. It's that you know that beautiful feeling like you've overcome something, so you're okay. Who cares about the struggle? So, um, aha moments, yes. Uh, on the top of my head, that you know, I came to London when I was like you know barely 19 years old. And I had, I wasn't here with my parents, I was on my own. So I had to work and I had to study and I had to, uh, on each and every step, uh, get this, aha, okay, uh, this is what I did. This is what I did. By At the time when I was doing and achieving and working and studying and really, really hustling hard in those days, um, I did not have a calm moments because I felt okay, this is how it's done, you know. Plus also you're young, you don't have the wisdom that you have when once you have achieved certain things and you're certain goals and society. Visions. So yep. you are doing. Yeah. What society tells you you're
5: supposed to be doing.
6: Exactly. So you don't really complain, but only, you know, when you reach a certain point in your life, when you reach a level of success that really is defined by you and no one else, because I have had success in my life before during my investment banking corporate uh, era, but I didn't really consider myself. I didn't feel successful inside, even though on the outside, I was mega successful. Now, when you reach a point that, you know, that that the feeling that, yes, this is what success feels like, then you are talking, you know, the real thing. And that's when you start thinking, aha, so when I did that at the age of, I don't know, 20, when that happened, and I overcame it. Aha. So this now reflects in this. So this gave me courage. It gave me resilience. It gave me strength. It gave me wisdom. It taught me patience. Also, it taught me maybe that, you know, I shouldn't rush and I should wait. And things do come to us. And that is that is the beauty of, of I think, this this. Uh, 50 year old me to right know that oh that it's so beautiful you know yes, it I, is. Was, I was thinking about this today you know how lovely i mean we talk about this um you know um uh, z generation and millennials and uh what not. You know, there is, we we don't really give much space to women in their mid to late 40s, early 50s or 60s even. You know, we really are the leaders, mentors, teachers. We've been there. We've done it. We are cheerleaders. And we really are the shortcut that's worth taking. And this is very rich coming from me because I'm not... Um, I'm not a fan of shortcuts by any stretch of imagination. (laughs) But if there is one shortcut that, you know, that people should take is actually, you know, reach out to women who are, you know, in their 40s, mid 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever. We really are the font of knowledge and experience Mm -hmm. that can really give uh, selflessly. Yeah.
5: Here's something that I want you to try to connect the dots for our listeners, because I think um, we hear often about, you know, find what find what your passion is and you'll never be working. Um, That's a broad general statement. I think for women, when they try to connect with that that voice, what they're supposed to be doing, what they're meant to be doing, what brings them joy, they then need to transfer that into, well, how can I Make money doing that—that that one thing. What What are some of the things you say to clients that they're at that precipice of? I do know what brings me joy, what my creative gift is. I don't know how to make money doing that. How well, do you? First, get over that?
6: Yeah, first and foremost, I I tell them not to focus on the money itself, because I know we've heard this before, but the money comes when you apply yourself fully. Oftentimes women find, they, women love, uh, find their passion and find what they are excellent at. What they stop doing is, what they start doing is start comparing themselves. So they just, they, they go on this massive journey to find the passion to find that, that, that talent, that key thing that moves them and it gives them joy. And then they start looking. Can you hold that thought, Lydia? We have to go
5: into one more break and I want to finish this conversation when we come back.
4: Now, the women to watch marketing watch, how to get buy-in and launch your creative ideas. Hi there, my name is Diana Barnes, or DB, as most people call me, and I'm the Chief Brand Officer and Creative Director at Munchkin, the world's most loved baby lifestyle brand. Today, I want to talk to you about how to get your leadership team to buy into your creative ideas. Brand building is essential to creating a business that stands the test of time. It's also one of the hardest aspects of business to measure and quantify. So how do you convince your leadership team to green light a project or a campaign that doesn't directly drive sales? Here are my three tips. First, think like your CEO. Imagine you're the CEO of your company. Ask yourself how your project supports the business. Your answer does not need to be tied to sales to be important. Does your request help position the company as a leader in its industry? Maybe it improves customer experience or boosts brand loyalty. Each of these contributes to the success of a business. Number two, timing is everything. Does your project require $50,000 that isn't in your budget? Part of creating a successful pitch is developing a successful plan, and that includes budgeting. If your idea is costly, find out when your company begins budget planning and arrange to make your pitch during the beginning of the process. And last, be flexible. My experience dealing with nuns and rock stars well prepared me for working with CEOs. My best advice is to know your facts, especially the math. Have the answers and expect the unexpected. Think about what in your plan can change to meet the requests of your leadership team without sacrificing your goal. Be flexible and be willing to work with your boss to give them skin in the game and a stake in your idea. I use these three tactics to get buy-in from my colleagues on Munchkin's executive team and our board of directors to launch Stroller Coaster, a parenting podcast. We've become trailblazers within our category, and the show was ranked among the top 2% of shows within Apple Podcast Kids and Parenting category in our debut season. You can listen to it at StrollerCoaster.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. See you next time. Now, the women to watch. Health Watch.
1: For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. COVID has a long list of problems, not the least of which has been delay in care for other medical issues, including routine screenings for cancers. A recent report from the American Association of Cancer Research revealed some alarming news. From January through July 2020 alone, nearly 10 million cancer screenings were missed. Without screenings, Cancer diagnoses are delayed or missed completely. The American Cancer Society tells us that just during March through June of 2020 alone, 18,000 cases of colon cancer were missed or delayed. At Jefferson, I'm the director of Pink Plus, a program that bundles two or three cancer screenings in one visit. You can have a gynecology exam, then a mammogram, then a brief consultation to discuss colon cancer screening. The other option is mammogram and GI consult. Here's why. The pink campaigns are great, but indirectly make many women think mammogram and done. Not so. Colon cancer is not just a man's disease, it's equal in men and women. In fact, more people die of colon cancer than breast cancer. They're both important. Number two, the screening age has been lowered from age 50 to 45 for everyone. We lowered the screen age to 45 because we're seeing a marked rise in cases in people under age 50, even under 40. And African-Americans are 20% more likely to be diagnosed, 40% more likely to die from colon cancer. Three, you may have to start at a younger age if you have a family history of colon cancer or even colon polyps. Yes, if your family history includes even benign colon polyps, you may need to start before age 45. Four, the risk for colon cancer is linked to the risk for ovarian and uterine cancer. Uterine or ovarian cancer at a young age up goes the risk for colon. Colon cancer before age 40 bumps the risk for uterine and ovarian. Call for an appointment today, Pink Plus, for gynecology, mammogram, and colon cancer screening all in one visit. Call 1-800-JEFF-NOW and ask for Pink Plus. 1-800-JEFF-NOW for Pink Plus.
4: Now, more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT.
5: Welcome back to the show. I'm speaking with Lydia Rosati. Uh, again, she's the CEO of Momentum Strategies. And I want to give you a moment to finish up. What, you know, We were discussing just before the break how women can um, uh, come to grips with how to make money and still be doing their passion.
6: Yeah. So as I said, women oftentimes, women find their passion. They find what brings them joy. And then once they're almost almost there, almost to that point of starting earning money, starting monetizing their brain, their passion, their talent, uh, uh, their hard work, they start comparing. They start comparing with other women. They start comparing with uh, other people in the industry. They start uh, diluting themselves. So, uh, they start thinking. Oh, maybe now is the time to change my branding. Now is maybe maybe now is the time to change my website. Oh, maybe it, now is the time to sit down and uh, uh, rethink the whole strategy. And this is what often, like eight out of ten times, this is one of the key key killers of mm-hmm. of the, the 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 passion, the joy the uh, business building and ultimately money, of course, you know, never comes. When you start, find your passion, find your joy and keep doing, hustling gently, going fully, going forward, knowing what you want, knowing how you want it, silence the noise, listen to that voice that, you know, inner voice that guides you and not really pay attention to any shining penny that comes along, Then money comes. It's so hard,
5: isn't it? In today's world, especially where we're able to see what everyone is doing. Yes.
6: Nothing is private. Nothing is private. And also, social media is amazing, but also, and and it has brought many beautiful things. I mean, it has brought this connection here today. And yet, it has also done a lot of disservice Mm -hmm. to many people many women many men many ideas it has killed many ideas before they even had a chance to to actually to 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 grow and uh, and to expand Um, and so honestly my advice always is silence the noise don't compare and know why you are doing something and then money will come and it always does the, the perfect client, the perfect uh, 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 company, the perfect pitch, the perfect would appear, but it will not come if we jump from one moment to the other, mm-hmm. like, you know, stay, stay focused for three months and then get totally confused and diluted for another, I don't know, seven and then go again. And then, you know, so so basically what happens is that people like that and, you know, a lot of people are always at the beginning and then they have this idea of having, oh, I need to reach, I don't know, a six figure by 31st of December, whatever this year. I mean, it doesn't work like that. Life doesn't work like that. Six, uh, six figure salary, maybe somebody else's ideal. And. And what if uh, you are made for more? What if six figure is uh, is uh, what universe does not have for you? Maybe maybe the universe has a lot more for you. So why yeah. limit yourself? Yes. you know what I mean Yes And so when you start with that big, that the, the big thing, big idea, big money number can oftentimes be paralyzing. you know if somebody is struggling to pay their bills and then they get thrown this you know six figure, it just, it's scary. Mm. I it do, takes I, away I, self-doubt, self-confidence. It, it, it,
5: it takes away everything. Yes. I agree with you so much about, you know, the moment you stop
6: chasing. Yeah. Things come. It comes. It it things comes. Come. It definitely but does. The moment you stop chasing, things come. But also the moment you stop chasing what is not for you, things come. Yes. Yes.
5: A hundred percent. Um the show went too fast, way too fast, Lydia. I, I wish we had more time. Um, you brought some great wisdom and nuggets to our listeners, and
6: I wish you continued success and happiness. Thank you, Sue. Thank you very much for having me, and I look forward to hearing this and sharing it. That is it, everyone, for another Week of Women to Watch. Thanks so much for tuning in, and
5: stay tuned next week for my interview with Pennsylvania Secretary of Transportation Yasmin Gramian. Have a great week, everyone, and stay
3: well. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.